name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Christ is risen. risen. So I have two homilies here, one long and one short. I think I'll do the long one. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Happy Merbearer's Day. Happy Joseph and Nicodemus Day. Happy Names Day to all those who celebrate this day. And this is our Names Day for our Metropolitan Joseph as well. So we'll sing many years to him at the end of the service. This is a day where the church sets aside uh, and honors the Myrrh-bearers and Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who stood the challenge of the faith, their faith, and showed great courage to stay around the Lord, the Lord's body, uh, to visit his tomb, and to, as Joseph Arimathea did, to actually take the body from his tomb. You can imagine, because, you know, there was such uh, animosity and anger among the Jews and the Roman soldiers that this was their life. They're, they could have very easily lost their life. This was at the threat of their life. Uh, so what great courage we see in the myrrh bearers, um, Mary the mother of God, Mary Magdalene, Mary and Martha, the uh, sisters of Lazarus, Joanna and Susanna, Salome, the mother of James and John, and Mary, the wife of uh, Alphaeus. Uh, all were uh, considered myrrh bearers, um, along again with the celebration of Joseph Arimathea and Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus being a Pharisee who uh, kind of secretly worshiped Christ. So very powerful that we see today their courage. And the beautiful balance between uh, the masculine and feminine here, uh, without which we don't experience the fullness of the church. So we see this kind of beautiful balance and importance of uh, both these being honored today. So um, a couple of main points I take from the book, uh, Grace of Our Lord, the Grace of the Year of the Lord. Um, a beautiful monk wrote these, a couple of thoughts. He says, very early, very, it says, very early in the morning and the first day of the week. Okay. It's important that we understand the uh, orthodox numbering of the days of the week. The first day of the week is Sunday. But Sunday is also the eighth day. So we still honor the Sabbath as a Saturday. You count those days, the first day of the week being Sunday, count to Saturday be seven, and Sunday becomes the eighth day, which means the eternal day. It's this day, it's the day we're in, but it's also the eternal day, the day we kind of make that step past, uh, in a beautiful way, past the, uh, uh, the li- this life, this, this temporary life. We step into the eighth day, to eternity. Right now, we're stepping into eternity. Very important. Um, so let us, in this beautiful feast, we hear the hymn in the uh, Apostica, let us be illumined by the feast. Christ is risen. Let us be illumined by the feast. Christ is risen. See, it, it lifts us a bit, right? 
I was with these beautiful uh, friends of mine, uh, Protestant pastors, and they said, Father Nicholas, you guys celebrate Pascha for like a lot. I said, yes, 40 days. You know how long they celebrate it? One. And they're going, oh, Father Nicholas. Well, become Orthodox. It's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. I'll just share with you a little interesting thing. You know, when we first became Orthodox, uh, the Protestant community got really, really kind of disturbed by that. <laughs> and now they're really thankful that we, we're holding on to all these great traditions that they don't have, but they love the fact that we have them and celebrate them. So thanks be to God for that. Um, so in this, in this day, this day we come, Sunday is always the day of resurrection but the first and the eighth day. So we should always understand how important it is to kind of step into this reality that Christ is risen and live in this reality. You know, it's, there's a beautiful line in the Apostolic Hymn. Let us call brothers, even those that hate us, and forgive all by the resurrection. What a powerful thing the resurrection of Christ is. He, it illumines us. It allows us to forgive those, even, even those that hate us, and forgive all. Wow. We need to live in this place, live here, live deep into it. Christ is risen. Allow that not to just be something that comes out of your mouth, but allow it to be something that lives deeply in your soul. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. We have a faith against which nothing can be done. Because he's risen. He's conquered death. He's conquered sin. He's united us again to the Father. Wow. Oh, just relax a little bit. Let your shoulders relax. Christ is risen. Uh, so then the next uh, comment uh, the beautiful monk makes uh, when the myrrh-bearers come, who will roll away the stone for us? And he makes the comment that we should always be, kind of uh, investigate the stones that are rolled over our souls that prevent Christ from coming out. What are those stones that are over our souls that prevent Christ from coming out? I don't know if you felt it, but after two weeks, uh, we realize we need a savior. <laughs> Pascha. Did anybody hit the kind of Pascha blues, like bright week, second week? It's, it's going to continue for a while, so relax. It's, it's a bit like, you know, we make this great effort, and then we have this beautiful celebration, and then we relax. We stop being vigilant. We stop looking deeply into our own self and we fall prey back to the things that we were struggling against, but with great effort and Lent, we were more successful. And then somehow that, that Lent, that effort stopped. And then it all came back. Maybe not all came back. Hopefully not all came back. But it reminds us that we need to be vigilant. Always Always, 24-7, in the day, in the night, when we wake up, when we get up, whatever it might be, we need to be vigilant. Lord have mercy should be on the front of our mouth 
and in our heart, Lord, have mercy. Lord, help me. Lord, be with me constantly. As soon as that leaves us, then we tend to fall to our appetites, our sins, our the temptations that come to us. So my encouragement is this word vigilance, be watchful, is an incredible, incredibly important piece of our spiritual life that we can never forget. Never forget. No vacations from the spiritual life. Sorry, no vacations. I remember Father Hopko said one time, he said, you know, I think as people are living the Christian life, if they knew what they were going to sign up for, they might not have signed up. <laughs> this is hard. It's difficult. It's difficult, but God is with us. So I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll encourage you a little bit later, but it's hard right now. Um, so what do we bring? What do we bring to Christ? What spices do we bring? You know, and it's important to understand that what we bring to him doesn't need to be big or miraculous. It needs to just be simple. It needs to be honest. What do I have to come to Christ with? Maybe it's just a good intention. Maybe it's a simple prayer, Lord have mercy. Maybe it's a repentant heart. Maybe it's a tiny effort. Maybe it's an apologetic effort. You ever had those efforts where I tried, Lord, and I fell again, and here I am again? Here I am again? How many have ever been, here I am again? <laughs> How many lied? Not all your hands went up. Here I am again. I bring that. I can bring that. Bring that. God, the beautiful, St. John's uh, homily of Pascha, he, uh, he blesses the effort and honors the intention. He honors the intention. If I come just with a good intention, God will understand that and will, and will respond to that with grace. Give me help to move forward in my life. So, it doesn't need to be a lot. So, in Matthew, it's interesting, Matthew 28, the account is that the stone was just not rolled away, but they described how it was rolled away by an earthquake and an angel. So, those stones in our souls, sometimes they get moved by an earthquake, a spiritual earthquake. I remember I was talking to one person uh, and he was struggling with a particular issue in his life and he said he saw how it was affecting his wife and children. And he said, it just crushed me. I just stopped. I stopped. An earthquake, a spiritual earthquake. I saw what it was doing to other people. And it just shocked me. And I stopped. You know, we all will have spiritual earthquakes in our lives. We have to pay attention to them. And it's very important that we pay attention and ask this question, what are you trying to teach me? Not, why is this happening? 
I've been doing so well, Lord. Why is this happening? I'm such a wonderful person. Why is this happening? No. What are you trying to teach me? This is the words of Mother Victoria. What are you trying to teach me with these things? The Lord moves the rock around. Sometimes we don't even have the power to move the rock. We don't have even the intention to move the rock. So the Lord moves the rock with some spiritual earthquake. It may be a good thing. It may not be a good thing. But whatever that earthquake is, pay attention to it because the Lord wants to teach you something. What are you trying to teach me by this circumstance that you've placed in my life? It's a powerful place to be because God is deeply with us in those moments. We can argue with him. We can be upset. We can ask the question why, and it it profits us very little. But when we turn to him and say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? It can change our life dramatically. Dramatically. I'm telling you, you have to really look inside and begin to look at see how all this can can, can work out. So we, in, this, in these moments of our life, we can see the sadness of our sin and the stone rolled away from our heart. Or we can see the joy that we will have without dealing with this sin, being free from this sin. So we have a choice to be sad about living in this sin or to be joyful in living without it. St. John Chrysostom said there's two categories of people, the saints and the insane. Right? That's insanity. Be sad and live with the sin, be joyful and live without it. What's the insane person choose? Sadness. What's the saint say? I want to live without it. See, it's there for us. God will help us. It's not like get rid of it forever and and be done with it. No, it means making a consistent effort toward it and finding joy in even the effort of making, making that effort. But it's, it's important for us to see what we're choosing, living without it and finding joy or living with it in the sadness. So we have to get this idea and, and so that it will help inspire us to, uh, to, to continue uh, a vigilant, good, holy life. So I want to um, uh, conclude with this reality, that God is with us. Christ is risen. Is risen. The priest, before he comes up to uh, bless the gifts, when he comes back into the altar, he says, So God is everywhere. God's right here. God's on the way out. God's in your car. God's at home. God's everywhere, right? God's everywhere. This is beautiful. In the grave with your body, in hell with your soul is God, in paradise with a thief, on the throne with the Father and the Spirit, you're unbounded and you fill all things, I'm going to add something, with joy. Let that sink deeply into your mind and into your heart. God is with us. And he fills, he never departs. There's nowhere we can go where he's not. Nowhere. 
and he's chosen to dwell in our hearts. St. Seraphim says the favorite place the Holy Spirit loves to dwell in the heart of mankind is where he loves. In your heart. So, be encouraged that, you know, we, we walk back into the war, we continue to fight as good Christian soldiers, but it's important that we understand that God is with us. God is with us. Christ is risen.